Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, a senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Amen. Well, God bless you. Really praying that this year you will, as I just prayed, find your kingdom purpose in God's house. Wherever I go around the world, I meet Christians and many times they are lost and confused. And I have come to the clear understanding that it's because we don't understand that God planned that we would be operating in our kingdom purpose in the house. Read Romans 12. It's about all the grace gifts that we're meant to be bringing to the house of God where we love and serve the Lord and one another. And then from there, it's really a great training place and a heart positioning place for believers to prep us for what God has called you to do out in the community. So every person really has a dual purpose. You have a dual purpose. It's in the house and out of the house. And uh, Paul, as I said before in Ephesians 4, the one time he spoke to all the ministry gifts together, he said to them, get an Instagram account. No, he didn't. That, that's okay. He said, equip believers for their kingdom purpose. So once again, our pastors in 2023, our role is to pray, to seek the Lord, bring the Word of God, but it is to also equip you and equip you to understand. A lot of people don't understand it. Some of you grew up in church, you still don't get it. 20 years, still don't get it because we've got a purpose in the house of God. When you get that, the enemy is ticked. Because if you find your purpose in God's house, then you'll begin to go, hang on a minute, the gifts and talents God's given me, I'm using out in the workforce or in my business. Then you realise the Lord has called you to a spot out in the city, out in the community, where He's called you to be effective out there as well in multiple areas, which we'll talk about throughout the year. But when you get that, oh, the devil struggles because people who are in their kingdom purpose Vision always overcomes temptation. Vision always overcomes temptation. The temptation to go backwards, the temptation to sin, the temptation to wreck your life. When you start to get in touch with God's vision, vision overcomes temptation, but vision also brings value. And vision will bring value to your life, which uh, so many of us don't bring because we don't understand we are very valuable God loves us and He has got a plan for our lives and He's got a plan for you. doesn't matter where you're at in life. God's got a plan for you. It's, it's not over. It's not too late. Today can be the first day of the rest of your life. It all starts with us in Jesus' Name. So I'm going to just give you three, uh, three words. Oh, not three words because there's a lot of words in this one. But uh, <laughs> three things that I think are really important to start at the beginning of the year. So I just thought, what's three things I think are really important at the beginning of the year? So three things, this one's got four words. <laughs> Number one is, when we just sang it, Jesus at the centre. Jesus is at the centre, everybody. We are called, and I want to say to you, whether you're a believer or not, your life will start to work when Jesus is at the centre of your life. Why is that? It's because it's a design plan. It's a design plan. 
God's designed us to know Him, designed us to walk with Him, designed us to be filled with Him, designed us to walk in His purpose. There's a design plan. That's why you'll see people sometimes who got all the money, got all the friends, got all the opportunity and behind the scenes, they are in a desperate situation because they don't understand, they fail to know, they got a wrong picture of Jesus, they got some religious Mickey, which is, it looks like the real thing, but it isn't the real thing. And so they end up unhappy, yet everything that the world looks at as success, they have. Why? Because we need Jesus to be at the centre of our lives. And I like what Rick Warren said. Rick Warren said, when God is at the centre of your life, you worship. When God is at the centre of your life, you worship. When He's not, you worry. Let me say that again. So true. When God is at the centre of your life, you worship. You praise God. You start your day giving God honour. You're in the shower doing a little song to the Lord. Some of us like the only place where we sing is in the shower. Good, the Lord loves it. And so we worship God. Uh, but he goes on and he's, it's so true. When we're not worshipping God, then you worry. Why? Because we start to become a small God in our situation. We start to think, I need to make it happen. I need to do this. And then we worry about how it's going to go. Wait, by the way, I saw a, a, a quote from psychologists a good while ago, but they said, we were, all the things we worry about, 3% of them only ever happen, it turns out, statistically. 3% of everything you worry about, sorry, of everything you're worrying about, 100%, 3% happens. So most of it won't happen. So we are far better putting Jesus at the centre and worshipping Him than spending our lives in worry. Everybody put Jesus at the centre and your worries will be alleviated by worship in Jesus' Name. Come on, your worries will be alleviated. <laughs> It's funny, you know, when Jesus is, uh, when you first become a Christian, sometimes a lot of things go wrong before they go right. <laughs> sometimes when you become a Christian, sometimes a lot of things go wrong before they go right. Why is that? Because you've got an enemy, a spiritual enemy, who's there to upset your life, upset the apple cart. I talked to so many people who tell me, I became a Christian, then it was like all hell broke loose. Don't be put off when hell breaks loose. It's an indicator that you have got over or near the target for your life and the devil wants to shift you because God says He's gonna make you a great influence for good. So some, don't be put up, sometimes when things go wrong, keep putting Jesus at the centre, which also involves putting His Word at the centre. Have your Bible app in the morning on. Hear the Word of God in your car. Hear the Word of God when you're walking. Hear the Word of God uh, at home. Read the Word of God. I like reading it, but I've got more into hearing, to be honest. And I, my backup for that is Romans 10, 17. It says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So the Bible doesn't say faith comes by reading. It says faith comes by hearing. So I hear the Word of God because it's building faith in me. But all of that is putting Jesus at the centre at the beginning of your day and at the end of your day and throughout your day. And when you do, things begin to go right. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the Kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. What do we do? We seek first the things. We're, we go for the things, I need that thing and I need that thing and I need that thing. When God says to us, no, 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 
Seek first the kingdom of God and the righteousness that comes from His kingdom and from Him. And then all these things will be added unto you. God knows we need things. He knows you need things to live. He knows you need a car. He knows you need somewhere to, to you know, put your head down the other day. God knows you need all these things. He says, but just seek me first. Let's put Him at the centre, everybody, by seeking Him first. Put God in the middle of your decision-making. Say, Lord, what's your will? And make sure His will lines up with the Bible. Sometimes we, we're like, oh, this is God's will. And you're like, hang on, it's not really lining up with the Bible. Uh, that's a problem, everybody. We need to say, Lord, help me to hear Your will and do Your will. But make sure you check to go, is this lining up with God's Word? And the Bible says, as we seek His kingdom, God's gonna add all the things that you need. Come on, God's gonna add all the things that you need. Come on, God's gonna add all the things that you need. Sometimes God says slow. Sometimes God says grow, then I'll add it. And the other side is there's some things we ask for and God says no. Sometimes God says slow. Sometimes He says that's coming when you grow. And sometimes he'll say no. Why does God say no? There's things that in my 30s I thought, (laughs) hang on, things in my 20s I thought, this is what I need. This is what needs to happen in my 30s. I was thinking, what was I thinking? (laughs) Then in my 40s, I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. You didn't answer that prayer in my 30s. Imagine if we had done that. Some of the things you're asking may be coming from immaturity. Some of them may be asking from, from not, you know, doing the wrong thing necessarily, but you're on the wrong track. So God's saying no, because it's not His plan. And then down the track, every decade you go, oh, thank you, Jesus. You didn't answer that prayer. Next one, oh, in your 40s, thank you, Jesus, you didn't answer that prayer. In your 50s, thank you, Jesus. All the things we said, oh, this is His will. And then down the track, we're like, this so wasn't His will. This was my will. And so we've got to say, Lord, lead me and guide me and help me to keep seeking you first. And then you're going to add everything. You know, when Jesus is not at the centre, everybody, something's, everything's out. When He's not at the centre, it's out. doesn't matter what you're doing. You might be doing a lot of right things, but there's still you have, uh, uh, it's out. But when you start, hang on, Lord, let me put you back in your right place. So I'll put you in the rightful place for the first time in my life as Lord and Saviour of my life. Suddenly things start to change and you're like, you have, a, you have a peace that I'm walking in His purpose and His plan and I'm walking with Him and this is going right according to what He has scheduled for me in Jesus' Name. You know, uh, uh, Blaise Pascal said, at the centre of everything is a God-shaped vacuum that can only be filled by Jesus Christ. He said, at the centre of everything is a God-shaped vacuum and it can only be filled by Jesus Christ. So that means whatever guru you come up with, whatever health plan you come up with, whatever TED talk you've heard, all of it is still vacuous until you put Jesus in there. And He said, when Jesus is there, then finally that God-shaped hole begins to be filled by Him, His presence, His calling on our lives. Everybody, uh, I wanna say to you, you're created amazingly. Did you know that? You're a unique individual uh, and we are created by God to create. Just watch people now, the, the creative factor uh, on the planet is huge. People are just creating, we're creating, creating. Where did that come from? God. 
And the Bible talks about in the last days, people will no longer worship the Creator, they'll worship the creation. Boy, are we seeing that. People can't, people can't intellectually work out where did your talents and gifts come from? And how minute was your creation, yet within your minute creation was the genius of God. And then we create, and all of us are creating uniquely and differently. It's so incredible. Humanity is unbelievable. But we have to be careful in this generation and even as believers that we don't enter into worshipping the creation instead of the Creator. Everybody worship God. <laughs> and, uh, but I think in our generation, people are starting to fall in love with the creation, sometimes ourselves. No, no, you've been created and created for a great plan and you have unique gifts and unique talents and you know, unique dignity. Dignify yourself because you are made in His image, but we need to worship the Creator, not the creation. <sighs> And the Bible tells us fix, fixing our eyes on Jesus. The Bible says, fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Why do we need to fix our eyes on Jesus? Because the enemy is working day and night to get you to shift them. Look that way, look that way, go that way, be distracted by that person, be distracted by that situation, be distracted by what he said, be distracted by what she said, be distracted, be distracted. And so the Bible goes, fixing your eyes. Every day, fix your eyes again. Start your day fixing your eyes on Jesus. Make Him the centre, the author and the finisher of our faith. He has, he, he has the final say in everything. And I wanna encourage you, ultimately He has the final say over your life. Fix your eyes on Him and don't be distracted in 2023. Don't be distracted. Don't let any man distract you from God. Don't let any man distract you from God. I, I don't care who it is. They're not gonna distract me from God, but the enemy still can get me with a situation to try and emotionally distract or mentally distract or tempt you to settle for something less or tempt you to sin. He tries it on all of us. So we need to say every day, Lord, help me to fix my eyes on You. And where our focus goes, there goes our energy too. Where you, where you focus, your energy flows to that. Where you focus, your energy flows to that. Now, here's the great thing about the kingdom. When you focus on Jesus, your energy is passions flowing to Jesus. Guess what? His flows back to you. So God is continually refreshing you, continually reviving you, continually you know, uh, blessing you and replenishing you when you focus on Him. So watch where your energy goes. Some of us are drained because our energy is going to nonsense living. It's going to stuff that doesn't matter. It's going to small stuff. Stop giving your energy to small stuff. Let's give our energy to the main game. Make the main things the main things. Major on majors and minor on minors. Make a change in 2023. That minor that keeps getting your attention, lose it, say, Jesus, I give you that minor. Help me to major on majors. What's important, which is Him, His plan of purpose for you, your relationship with Him. If you have family, your family, your church and the kingdom in Jesus' Name. You know, at the beginning of uh, uh, 20, 
2023. I know it will happen around the world. I'll see some pastors and they get in and they say, listen, if you do this, you're gonna get God's blessing in 2023. Uh, here's, if speaking, here's five steps to God's blessing. Uh, if you go to Jerusalem this year and if you get a cloth from the water well of Jerusalem near Jacob's well and you tie it to your body, you'll be blessed. People wanna come up with all kinds of stuff that is gonna, this thing will do it. When in actual fact, Jesus just does it through promises. The Word of God is filled with promises. And if you like, also little caveats, if you will, if you do, if you. So God's always saying, if you play a part. God doesn't say, I'm gonna do it all outside of you. He's saying, no, you have a part to play in this, but it's not coming down to things or trying to be religious. It's not a prayer cloth from the streets of Jerusalem. It's obeying God's Word and then applying His Word in our lives. So one of the things that I think is really important is, um, and it always comes up for me at the beginnings of the year, is attitude. Attitude. If you wanna be somebody who's moving into the promises of God, moving into what God has for you, then a lot of it is tied to attitude. In Ephesians 4, very powerfully in the Amplified Bible, 20, verse 22 to 24, it says this, I love it in the Amplified. It says that regarding your previous way of life, listen to this, you put off your old self, completely discard your former nature, which has been corrupted through deceitful desires and be continually renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh, untarnished mental and spiritual attitude. Wow. And put on the new self the regenerated and renewed nature created in God's image, God-like in the righteousness and holiness of the truth, living in a way that expresses to God your gratitude for your salvation. Wow. Bible there saying regarding your previous way of life, regarding how you lived, and then you became a Christian, regarding your former self, former life, God's Word says here, put it off. Like an old coat, put it off. Uh, anybody done a clean out of the wardrobes yet? I did a small clean out. My wife will do a large one later. <laughs> it's good to look at stuff that you don't need, that you could bless others with. The Bible says, put it off. Put off the old thing. Put off the old coat. Put off the old way of doing stuff. We have a part to play. You don't need a prayer cloth from Jerusalem, the well of Jerusalem to do that. You just need to make a decision. I'm putting it off putting off my old life in accordance with God's Word. And then the Bible says, be continually renewed in the spirit of your mind. What does that mean? It means have a fresh, untarnished mental and spiritual attitude. Oh, that's a challenge, right? That's a challenge to me. It's like, Lord, help my mind and my spirit and heart to be fresh. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been thinking about this since I was 20. Well, now I'm 60. I've got to really think about it. It's like, Lord, help me to have that. Young people, have a fresh. Don't be 20 and be 70. <laughs> Some people are 17 and they're like 17 and you meet 17 year olds and they're like 70. Why? It's because of the attitude. Don't be old before time. And if you're 70 and you're 17, good luck to you. <laughs> Party like it's 1999, whatever. <laughs> Everybody, we need to be renewed in the spirit of our mind, our attitude. Listen, attitude is like a flat tire. If you don't change it, you will never go anywhere. 
And it's up to you. Attitude is like a flat tire. If you don't change it, you will never go anywhere. People can sit on the side of the road and say, hey, I'm not changing this tire, good. That's up to you, but you ain't going anywhere. <laughs> your attitude is the same. No one can change your attitude under you. So Jesus includes in His Word our attitude as part of how we will be blessed, how we will move into His provision, how we will move into His calling and into His promises. Philippians 2 verse 14 to 15 says this. Here's a great one for 2023. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Wow. God's saying, change your attitude. We all have to say, Lord, help me today not to complain, not to criticise, not to get caught up, Lord. Help me, Jesus. Lord, with my attitude, help me today, to, Lord, to, to get it sweet <laughs> in Jesus' Name when I don't want to be sweet today. And remember, there's a saying you've heard many times, but it's so true. Never develop a wounded spirit. Never let something stay in your spirit. Get it out in Jesus' Name. Give it to God. Because our attitude towards life determines life's attitude towards us. You see people, they're like, oh my gosh, it's terrible. It's all gone wrong for me again. It always does. It's just how it is. That's how it goes. People do this to me. People do that to me. No, your attitude is determining what's coming back to you. <laughs> our attitude towards life is determining life's attitude towards you. I never get a job. Nobody gives me a job. Who would want to give you a job going on like that? Really? You're looking for somebody who comes in with a sweet heart, sweet attitude. You watch these singing contest shows and sometimes you'll see people sing average, but they're so humble and sweet that the judges go, oh my gosh, you're amazing. You're a superstar. And I'm like, come on now, that's a little bit much. <laughs> but what they're saying is, we love your attitude. And the attitude starts opening your doors for them. Your attitude impacts everything, so pick a good one. Your attitude impacts everything, so pick a good one. A positive attitude leads to positive outcomes. A positive attitude leads to positive outcomes. A positive attitude leads to positive outcomes. Where you say, well, I'm just stuck in this situation right now, but God's at work. God's getting me out of here. God's working this for my good. God's working this for my character. God's working this in my life. That attitude will start to move you out into God's blessing. Sometimes God has us parked. <laughs> We're like, Lord, why aren't you moving? He goes, because I just parked you for a moment. Five years. <laughs> because I need you to see what I'm trying to do, which is I'm trying to get you to have an attitude change, which is, Lord, I'm going to praise you when I'm not feeling it. Lord, I'm going to praise you when I feel like I'm suffering. Lord, I'm going to praise you when I feel like they're all being mean to me. Lord, I'm going to praise you when everybody's feel like forgetting about me. And as you begin to praise and you begin to do it from a genuine heart, God begins to move. And guess what? I think God says to the angels, hey, let's get, let's get that. Let's unpark him. Get him back on the road. Get it back on the road. To purpose, not back on the road in your relationship with him. He hasn't gone anywhere. He loves you. But it's your purpose that we will limit when our attitude is stuck. By the way, taking longer than others to grow in this area does not mean failure. Taking longer than others to grow in this area does not mean failure, everybody. So you don't fail you just get to take the test again. <laughs> you go through things again. But 
we all need to say, Lord, help me. Some of us will be slower than others. Some are much quicker. Aren't they annoying? <laughs> we need to say, Lord, help me, but don't give up. Taking longer than others does not mean failure. You know, um, when your heart's growing, everybody, when your heart's growing, you start to become insightful when your heart's growing and you start to see things from a different place and you start to not let the small battles of life hold you back. And uh, you start to have a sweetness in the midst of good days and challenging days. George Bernard Shaw, sorry, George Bernard Shaw said, two things define you. Your patience when you have nothing and your attitude when you have everything. So true. Your patience when you have nothing, this defines you and your attitude when you have everything. Let's say, God, give us wisdom to have a sweet attitude and a generous attitude when you end up, hello, successful financially. That's the time to take it and do something powerful for those who are in need. And there's a multitude around the planet. Attitude determines our altitude. How high are we going in life? The kind of relationships that you connect with, the people God brings to you. God is trying to get people to our lives, but our attitude determines who we walk with. Why would God bring in people at this level in your life when we like down here and we just keep walking with the turkeys? <laughs> so, <laughs> just see if you're awake, 2023. <laughs> We're gonna say, Lord, help me to have a new attitude. And as you walk at a new level of life attitude wise, God starts to bring about a new level of altitude, which is really, really good. And that's His plan for you, a good plan. Here's the thing too, spiritually for all the believers, if the enemy can't get your attitude, then he sets out and spends his time to get you out of alignment. If the devil can't get your attitude, he tries to get you out of alignment. What does that mean? It means walking where you're meant to walk in your life, where you're meant to walk in God's purpose. The house of God, walking with the people God's planned for you to walk with, your family, your marriage. He tries to get people out of alignment. This year, be aware of that and just check out and say, hang on a minute, my attitude's good, but why is this coming at me to try and move me? Why is it trying to move me from my marriage, my family, my friends, my church, this? Why? Because the enemy, if he can't get your attitude, he'll get your alignment. Because he ultimately knows the blessing of the Lord comes through longevity. Those planted in the house of the Lord flourish. In life, it's the same, Psalm 92. People who are gonna flourish, they've got longevity, longevity relationship. It's like somebody once said, money doesn't grow on trees. True, money grows on generational trees. Longevity, alignment, walking it out. So we need to say, Lord, Help me to be aware when the enemy's trying to shift me. By the way, 99% of people's geographical moves and they call it the Lord. Be so careful, everybody. I've discovered with God, 99% of what God's trying to do is internal. 1% is movement. 99% of what, when we're like, oh, the Lord's leading me here, the Lord's, no. We've got stuff going on inside and it's like a whirlpool. And then we start coming up with, well, if I go over there now, if I go over here now, if I'm there now, if I'm with him, if I'm with her, if I'm in that church, I'm in that job, in that city, in that state, in that country, that'll be it. When in fact, God said, no, no, 99% of what I'm trying to do is internal movement, internal attitude change, internal heart change, internal servant change, understanding the power of alignment, understanding the power of loyalty, understanding the power of commitment, 
God's saying these are the things that are powerful. Amen. I like this. I'm getting the CD. <laughs> Luke 17, 1, another one of the promises. Jesus promised in Luke 17, He said, it's impossible that no offences should come. Jesus said, it's impossible that no offences should come. Everybody in your life, you're going to be offended. In your job, you're going to be offended. In your family, you're going to be offended. With your friends, you're going to be offended. In your church, you're going to be offended. In your walk with the Lord, you're going to be offended. In your business, you're going to be offended. When you're on holidays, you're going to be offended. When you're in the drive-thru at Maccas and people are lined up and they're watching the board to find out what's on the Maccas board for two hours in front of you and you want to yell out, burgers and chips and... You're going to be offended. You're going to be offended. You're going to be offended. You start growing in God, you're going to be offended. You start getting promoted, you'll be offended at the next level. You start, you start, uh, you become a pastor, you'll be really offended. Oh my gosh. You're going to be offended. Jesus said it's impossible. Getting saved. How do you get saved? You're offended. How do you get saved? I got saved because the Bible said, you're a sinner, repent. Oh, how rude. <laughs> this generation today, I'm marvellous. I'm just going to go and do my marvellous thing <laughs> and be dysfunctional and broken and immature forever. That then I said, hey, I am a sinner. You're right. The Bible was a mirror to me telling me the truth. I got saved after I got offended. The world's dumb. The Bible is an offence because it shines a mirror to us. You're in sin. You're out of order. Need to, get, need to repent, get your life right with me. When you get over the offence, you get born again. I'm getting the CD. I like this. <laughs> All so Jesus just told the disciples over and over again, you'll be offended, you'll be offended, you'll be offended. Did you know that God promotes you to the level of your pain? <laughs> God promotes you to the level of your tolerance of pain. That's in leadership. That's where the, and by the way, that's in God's kingdom. But it's the, if you're in business, it's the same. You can grow a business to the level of your tolerance of pain. But in walking in the kingdom, you have to develop a tolerance of pain, a tolerance of offence, a tolerance of stretch, a tolerance of challenge. You have to, it's an attitude check. And that's how... <laughs> People think, how did you get there doing that? A lot of tolerance, growing tolerance to pain, to challenges, but an offense. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but it creates a big heart in you. And big hearted people can be little, but little hearted people can never be little. You, watch a, you want to put somebody in a job or in a company, put a big heart in there. Sometimes they don't have the abilities or the talents. Go with the heart. Sometimes you put people and they've got all the ability to touch, but their heart level is so little and it's so hard. They end up causing pain to them and pain to others. Oh, so everybody, you're going to get offended. Let's just say, Jesus, help us to forgive in 2023. Don't let your history abort your destiny. Don't let your history abort your destiny. What happened to you? Unforgiveness can just kill us if we hang on to it. And so many people have so many, all of us have had painful situations, some of us to really terrible degrees, some to lesser degrees, but you can abort your destiny by letting things clog you up. Everything in us, you know, is, 
is meant to be moving. Like rivers give in and out, right? Oceans to give in and out. Rivers to stay fresh flow in and out. You take food in and then it goes out. Particularly with babies. <laughs> Particularly with grandsons who take a lot of food in and then go to the, their nappies. Yeah, they're active. <laughs> a car has got to have an exhaust pipe or otherwise it's going to blow up. The only thing we don't have an elimination plan for is our heart. We don't have a plan for that. It's a plan for everything else, but it's not a plan for our heart. We need to say, Lord, I need to let that go now. I need to give you that now. Lord, help me to give that to you. Jesus said, Matthew, he's answering Peter. And he, Peter said, Lord, how many times will I forgive my brother? Oh my gosh. And God said, uh, no, Peter said, he made a suggestion. Up to seven times. That was Peter's suggestion. Good suggestion. Sounds good. Jesus said, no, I say to you, seven times 70. No, sorry, not up to seven times, but seven times seven. What was Jesus saying? He was saying, be perpetually forgiving. Be perpetually forgiving. Don't allow anything into your life. Today, they celebrate people who are angry. You watch on the news, somebody who's angry with somebody, somebody who's bitter, oh, celebrate. Oh my gosh, amazing. Somebody gets on, then they're bitter and twisted and yelling at oh, They're like, give you an award? Let's celebrate you. Anybody can be bitter and twisted and angry. Anybody. It takes strength and courage and humility to forgive. And I know which qualities I'd rather have. Say, Lord, help me to have those qualities. Strength, courage, humility to forgive. By the way, everybody, if you're forgiving people at the start of the year, realise this. Forgiveness does not relieve the perpetrators who hurt you of responsibility. Forgiveness does not relieve the perpetrators of their responsibility. And if it's a serious thing that people have done to you, they will answer to God. The Bible says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. But forgiveness is about liberating the victim. Forgiveness is about liberating the victim. You know, somebody abuses you, that's their fault. But we keep going over it and over it and over it, regurgitating it. That's our fault. So we need to say, Lord, help me. I got too much to do, too much in front of me. You have too much planned for me. Help me not to hang on to this, but to give it to you now in Jesus' Name. And some people are still waiting for sorry from dead people. (laughs) Everybody, it's too late. (laughs) You're not gonna get sorry. I never got a sorry from my dad. I needed a huge sorry, never got it. But I had to give it to God, stop regurgitating it, stop going over it, because forgiveness is about me having liberty so that I can then bring liberty to others. Everybody, God wants you free in 2023. Forgiveness is not about saying what they did to you was right. It wasn't. But it's about you being free and leaving that person with God and leaving the the dead with God as well. (laughs) Lord, I leave them with you. Everybody, let it go at the start of the year. Say, Lord, help me. Don't keep going over it. God's plan for you is that you will be liberated. You'll be free. Your heart will be free. Your attitude will be getting free so you can move into all that God has planned for your life. Can somebody at Global Heart Church say a big, big, big amen? (laughs) Stand up with me, everybody. We're going to sing for a moment. Come Come on. Thank you so much for joining us online today. 
Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.